Thank you, Jeff. Lori, thank you all. It's a fantastic band. Thank you, guys. You sounded great. Thank you so much. Let me welcome you as well as uh, Brother Terry did earlier. For those of you who are online worshiping with us, God bless you. We're so delighted to have you join in with us. Maybe you're new uh, online or maybe new here in the sanctuary. My name is Danny Forshe, and I serve as the, the pastor here, and I'm a, grand, a, a brand new grandfather again for the second time. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, I'm sure you want to see a picture, right? I'm, 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 I know you're just like, well, where, where's the picture? And so we'll, we'll pull it up here in just a minute. Y'all see her. She looks so much like her, uh, her big sister, uh, Claire. But her name is Riley Kate. I know I'm a little bit out of order, guys, with, my, with the flow of things. But if y'all find her, just put her up there on the screen. If not, uh, I'll run home and get her or the hospital. There she is. Uh, look at that sweet baby right there. Riley Kate. She was born the 28th at midnight. I'm, literally at midnight. She was born seven pounds, uh, three ounces and 20 uh, inches long. Hannah, God bless you. We're proud of you. Love you and Jeffrey. I know you are at the hospital with Danielle. It's so cool that uh, my other daughter-in-law is a nurse at the hospital and is the nurse for Hannah. And then the baby, which that's just God's sweet grace upon our... In fact, Leighton and Danielle left New Mexico early when they heard that Hannah was uh, having the baby so that Danielle could go to work and be there for them. So we're just so very blessed, so grateful to God. But we do welcome you uh, online. I know many of you all the way from Florida to New York and other places are watching us and worshiping the Lord with us. And uh, we're delighted, delighted to have you. Have you seen or have you heard about the T-shirt that's uh, making so much noise uh, today? Well, here it is on the screen. This T-shirt, I think, captures a lot of truth. 2020, very bad, would not recommend it, is what it says. <laughs> it gets a one star out of five. How many of y'all How many of y'all re resonate with that or feel that? I tell you, it has been quite the year. When you think about the pandemic, you think about the societal unrest, you remember the riotings that we saw, the tearing down of monuments and statues during the summer months and the election chaos and still in the courts and, and what all's going on in our nation. There's just so much going on. 263,000 Americans have died since March. That's just hard for me to wrap my mind around. I know the number is like 1.43 million worldwide who have died from this COVID-19, this coronavirus. And so when you think about all the chaos and the calamity that's going on in our world, or maybe in your private world, maybe this has impacted you. It's impacted your health or your finances, or maybe even your marriage and all the pressure and the stress of, of, with the children and their education. And you're just like, ah, when will this ever end? What well, the Bible says in the midst of all of this, as people of God, we are to give God what? Give Him praise, give Him glory, and give Him thanksgiving. Now, <laughs> you're looking at me like, how in the world is that possible? How can I thank God in the midst of cancer? How can I thank God in the midst of the coronavirus? How can I thank God in the midst of all the uncertainty and the ambiguity going in, in, in my own life, in my own heart. How am I to do that? Well, the key is really our text is Ephesians 5, 20. 
But the real key to accomplishing verse 20 is found in verse 18, which says, do not be drunk with wine wherein is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And as we're filled with the Spirit of God, He gives us the wherewithal. He gives us the dynamism. He gives us the spiritual capability to give God praise and thanksgiving, even in the midst of so much hurt and suffering. Ephesians 5.20 says this, and I love this passage of Scripture. Giving thanks always for some of the things, I'm sorry, I mis misread that, right? Giving thanks always for all things. Did you notice how the Bible repeats itself sometimes within the same breath? I think the Bible was written for people like me. I may miss it the first time, but if you're that concrete and conspicuous in the same breath, I'm not gonna miss you the second time. What is the difference, Great Hills Baptist Church, and those of you that are watching online, between always and for all things? Well, let me think about that a minute. Well, nothing. There's no difference between thanking God all things at all times, in all places, in all circumstances, and here's how we do it. To God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember verse 18 said, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 20 said, give God the Father praise through Christ, one of the greatest Trinitarian passages of Scripture in all the Bible. I don't know if you saw that or not. What a beautiful text that I'm gonna get to study with y'all today. This is a sermon that I'm calling the therapy of Thanksgiving. And we have so much to be thankful to God for, even in the midst of a lot of suffering. I mentioned our grandbaby. Can I mention some other things that we are praising God for here at Great Hills Baptist Church? Many of you were here last week and uh, you gave and gave sacrificially to the tune of a lot of money for the ministry of our church. We're talking $265,000 given last Sunday great. I know. That's a whoa. That is a big, that is a big whoa. And we thank the Lord for that. And I'm so grateful to God. You know, I've been say, saying this many times and I want to share a little bit more about what I mean when I say, number one, we would love to finish 2020 in the black. I'm, I know since uh, I've been here for 10 years, I think we've done that one time. And this year, we really think we're going to be able to do it. We're going to be able to finish 2020 in the black and praise the Lord. Number two, the second goal that uh, we've had and I'm very optimistic about is moving into 2021. Not kind of limping into it or backing into it, but just roaring into it and saying, praise God for this financial ability and, and the surplus. Thank you, Lord, and help us move forward. Now, we know 2021 is going to have its own challenges, right? There are going to be things that we're going to have to repair in 2021, like roofs and air conditioners. Look, when you got a big house, it just costs a lot. I don't know if y'all can relate to that or not. I mean, I'm living in a small apartment right now while our home is being built. And when you have a little place, not much breaks. And when it does break, it doesn't cost a lot. But when you got a big house and something goes uh, a little haywire on you, it's gonna cost some money. So we're gonna to try to be prepared and take care of that. But here's something else I wanna do, and I'm thankful to God that we can do this. And I hope that this encourages you. Every time I've shared this, whether with a small group at Great Hills or with our staff, every time I've shared this, it's brought so much joy. Could y'all use a little joy this morning? Could you use just a little word of encouragement? So what we're gonna do, and we've been working on this for weeks, and I know I've been communicating with our finance committee chairman, uh, Fred Erickson, and of course our executive pastor, Terry, and, 
and our new accountant, David Watson. I don't think Dave is here today, but Dave is doing a great job. He's a brand new staff and um, Nate Engel. Y'all remember brother Nate? He's pastoring a church there near the Corpus Christi area, doing a great job, proud of him. So here's what we've been wanting to do. We would say, Lord, bless us with a great harvest offering so that we can bless others, right? So here's what we're gonna be able to do. There's a, there's a ministry or a group called RIP Medical Debt. And what this group does is they leverage money, pennies on the dollar really, to help people who are strapped with medical debt. I've seen where a couple of churches have done this and I always thought, wouldn't it be great if Great Hills Baptist Church could do that, but I always thought, we'll never be, at this rate, we'll never be able to do that because we have so much what? We had so much debt over ourselves. I don't know if you noticed this, but corporate debt, business debt, personal debt, whenever you got a lot of debt, it really limits you as to what you can do to bless others, right? Remember June the 9th last year, we were able to get out of debt, burn the note, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. So what we're gonna be able to do is we're going to, and we tried to do this in Travis County, but we couldn't because they don't have a relationship with Travis County. We did a little bit in Williamson County, but if you go south and southeast of our church to Kamal County and Gonzales counties, Great Hills Baptist Church is going to pay off $4.3 million of medical debt to those people who live in those counties. Now remember, you leverage pennies against the dollar. It's gonna cost us $53,000, but we're going to eliminate $4.3 million of medical debt in the state of Texas. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think that's pretty amazing. I, I can't imagine living south of Austin and you get a letter in the mail that says, dear so-and-so, your medical debt of 20,000 or whatever has been eliminated and Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin, Texas just wants you to know, we love you, Jesus loves you, and uh, your debt has been erased. I'm just, I'm just praising God today for this. This is kind of like a dream of mine. I love for our church to be generous, and so I can't wait to what else the God would have us do in the next year and in the years to come. So got a lot to be thankful for, and um, praising the Lord with you, Great Hills. And so today's message is called The Therapy of Thanksgiving. Now, what, am I, what do I mean by therapeutic or therapy when it comes to giving thanks? I came across this article online. It's written by Liz Connor. She writes for a periodical in London, England, and it's called The Evening Standard. And this is what she writes. She, in fact, she's got a whole article on gratitude therapy. And she says, the practice of gratitude or thankfulness promises to combat depression increasing well-being and happiness while opening our eyes to all the positive factors that are already around us. What is gratitude therapy, she asked. To put it simply, gratitude is an emotion expressing appreciation for what you have as opposed to a consumer-driven emphasis on what you want. The therapy is the act of thoughtfully reflecting on the aspects of life that bring great joy, causing feelings of gratefulness rather than the insatiable longing of what's just out of reach. By practicing awareness of the positive things in life, we fight off, this is my favorite part, listen to this. I, I'm not sh completely sure why it's like this, something about that Adamic, sinful, original sin nature that we have. And I don't even know if Liz Connor is a believer or not, but she writes with a lot of truth when she says, when we are thankful, 
We fight off the brain's natural tendency to scan for and spot the negative. Isn't that true? Our default oftentimes is not to say, oh, praise God, things are great. No, our scan, our brain goes after the negative. We find it, we launch into it, and we just camp out there. And I want to tell you, the way to sever the nerve of negativity and consumerism is to be thankful. Just to be grateful, not for what you don't have, but just saying, praise God for what I do have. And then she goes on and closes in this part I want to read to you. This practice of gratitude therapy is getting a lot of traction in positive psychology. Studies show that we can deliberately cultivate gratitude and can increase our well-being and our happiness if we'll only do it. Just practice this discipline of being thankful. In addition, gratefulness and especially expression of it to others is associated with increased energy, optimism, and empathy. And then she goes on to say, and what is the best way to do this? And her, her response is, take out a piece of paper and just begin daily to write down the things for which you are grateful and thankful. And she said, as we do that, it has this amazing positive effect over us so that in our minds, when they begin to gravitate toward the negative and we begin to compare ourselves with others, or we begin to think, oh no, I don't have this or I don't have that. Oh no, are y'all, any, is anybody like me sometimes? I'm telling you in my mind, I can create the worst case scenario just like that. And I'm like, I'm just like moseying along in my everyday life. And I'm like, well, what if that happens? And if that happens, then that will cascade into all these negative things happening. Oh my word, what is, oh, this is off. Maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know. Somebody diagnose me, please, for me. Is anybody else like that? Can anybody in your mind think of the worst possible scenario and 99% of the time it never happens? So why did I spend all my time and all that negativity when all I had to do was just say, thank you, God, even if that does happen, you are in control. So I want to share with you what I've labeled some toxic Thanksgiving killers. Okay, can, can I begin with a negative? Paul said, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And that's 1 Thessalonians 5.18, but in Ephesians 5.20, always and for everything, giving thanks to God through the Lord Jesus Christ as you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So here are the things that I've come up with that I think really kill us when it comes to being grateful. Number one is being offended and angry. And can I go ahead and add that, this little prepositional phrase, at God. Oftentimes we find ourselves offended or upset and angry. And it goes like this, God, you are holding out on me. You are bypassing me. You have not been fair to me. I am offended at that. Now, you would never probably verbally put it like that, but in your heart and in your mind, that's what you're thinking. Because why else would you be so offended and so upset if you were not offended and upset with God? And what fascinates me are atheists who don't believe in God get angry at the God they don't say they don't even believe in, which is fascinating to me. So being angry and offended. I don't know if y'all remember the song, The Blessing, that we sang a few weeks ago. And there's a song, you know, there's a line in it, Jeff and Lori, that it repeats itself. And I know a lot of people are like, I don't like them songs. They just repeat themselves. I'm telling you again, 
If it's not just for just the, the slow of mind of me sometimes, that when they say, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you, he is for, I'm got to think, he is for me. I'm excited now. God is not against you, friend. He's not holding out on you. He, look at this. He loves you so much. Look to the cross. Just look to the cross. If God was holding out, he never would have sent his son, but he sent his son so that Jesus would take all the wrath of God, all the sin of mankind, and he would, he would pay the penalty. He would die an excruciating death on a cross and be placed in a tomb, rise from the dead and say, I forgive you all. If you believe in me and trust in me, then I will save you and fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can be more than a conqueror. Hey, does that sound like a God that's holding out on us? No. Number two, and this is a tough one. And all of us, if you say you don't, I'm going to sing a little ditty for you. You ready for it? Liar, liar, pants on fire. You ain't telling the truth. I'm telling you, all of us do number two. It starts with a C. What is it? Comparison. When you and I compare our lives to others, that is a bona fide, genuine way to get defeated. And consequently, to become very ungrateful. Now, I listen to Kerry Newhoff every week, sometimes a few times a week, because he's always interviewing these really fascinating uh, people online, like Todd Wilson, who created Exponential, Tom Rayner, one of our Southern Baptist brothers. I, I just learned so much as I listened to Kerry Newhoff, and he was talking a few weeks ago about comparing. And he said, when we compare ourselves to other people, we are setting ourselves up for discouragement. He said, let me, let me just, in my own life, Kerry Newhoff, he has this leadership podcast, no joke. He gets about 10 million downloads. I can't remember if it's a week or a month, but that is a lot of downloads. Y'all know what I'm saying? With a podcast, you download it and you listen to it, subscribe to it. I subscribe to it. That's why I listen to all of his stuff. He says, now the Joe Rogan experience, and by the way, Joe Rogan has the most popular podcast in all the world. Check this out. He has 190 million downloads per week. <laughs> and, and Kerry Newhoff says, you know, I could, I could look at my 10 million and go, wow, that is amazing. Thank you, Lord. Or I can look at Joe Rogan. And by the way, Rogan made $30 million last year. Some of y'all are going, well, that don't sound too hard. I'll just create my own podcast. That, that sounds like a lot of fun. $30 million he made last year on the Joe Rogan experience. And, and Kerry Newhoff says, wait a minute, I don't need to compare myself. I, because whenever I compare myself to somebody else that has a whole lot more than me, I become envious, I become jealous, I become discouraged, and all of those attributes have one thing in common, they are not very appreciative. So let me just encourage you with this. Don't compare, don't covet. If you don't take my word for it, take this word from God. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Covetousness is one of the 10 commandments, right? Don't be covetous. Don't say, well, I wish I had that. Oh God, you've let me down. I, why don't, why doesn't my bank account look like her bank account? Or why don't, why can't I, why can't I send my kids to the schools? They send their kids. Or Lord, why is my church struggling here? And that church is so amazing. Don't do that. When you're in that 
when you're in that crucible of comparison, it's going to lead you to a dead end and you're not going to be grateful and you're just going to be pretty pitiful to be around. If I just be truthful, don't be covetous, but be what? Anybody see that word starts with a C? I'm sorry. Can you say it one more time? Content, content with such things as you have. Why? Because God himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. All right, offense, comparison. Number three is neglect time with the Lord every day. And I promise you, you're gonna become ungrateful. Neglecting time with the Lord is a surefire way to become ungrateful. So I wanna plead with you to take on the daily discipline of spending some time with God in prayer. Now watch this and thank God. Just spend time with him and just say, God, your word says that I'm supposed to be thankful in everything. And I'm to, I'm to thank you, God, for every circumstance in life. Now watch this. This is very important. You don't be flippant and say, well, thank you, Lord, for cancer. Woo-hoo, hallelujah for the coronavirus. Woo-hoo. No, not that at all. It would go something like this. God, I thank you that even in the midst of cancer that I may have or this coronavirus that may impact me, I choose to have an attitude of gratitude, oh God, because you are still good and you're still in control. Now look, that kind of spiritual depth and wherewithal, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a consistent, quiet time with the Lord daily where the duty eventuates into delight, where the discipline morphs into this euphoria of saying, oh God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Those who are sour and those who are bitter and caustic and acerbic and acidic, they are not in prayer thanking the Lord daily. You can't, you can't simultaneously drink from two fountains, the fountain of bitterness and unforgiveness and the fountain of God's faithfulness and forgiveness. I'm telling you, you, one is going to dominate the other. So I'm trying to help you avoid toxic Thanksgiving killers. One of the premier ways that the enemy uses in our life is to miss that time with the Lord. The next one, the final one, then we'll get to some positives. Forget how truly blessed we are. That always leads to becoming ungrateful. Now, it kind of sounds like some of the others, but if you have this spiritual amnesia, let me ask you, when you're in the moment and you're ungrateful and you're in the moment of spiritual amnesia, is is God really close to your thoughts? He's really not, is he? (laughs) Because we get consumed with with this, oh, what I don't have And like Liz Connor says, no, no, focus on what all that you do have. And I'm finding that as I focus on that, then the other things subside. They just kind of fall to the wayside and it puts me in a much better spirit and attitude. In fact, and I would recommend that you do this every day in my life. I can't, I'm getting old, but it's been many, many years. I have a discipline in my quiet time. Y'all ready for this? All I do is thank God. That's all I do. I adore him. I confess my sins. Y'all with me? T is what? Thanksgiving. Have you ever tried that? Look, try it. Don't ask God for anything. Just say, God, I want to praise you and thank you and not treat you like a cosmic Santa Claus just for once in my life. I just want to thank you, Lord. 
I want to praise you. And I have this litany of praise and thanksgiving. In fact, Tuesday night, we're going to do this. You say, I'm sorry, Tuesday night. What's happening Tuesday night? Tuesday night, we're going to have another prayer meeting here in the church at seven o'clock. And we've got lots of people. I got about 15 people. All they're going to do is line up and they're going to pray a prayer of thanksgiving to God for one of his Hebrew names. I can't wait. I find myself, I'm almost as excited about Tuesday night as I am Sunday morning. Y'all please forgive me if that's wrong, but I'm just being honest with you. I'm, God is answering prayer. God is doing amazing things in our life and in our church the more that we pray. And I'm, I'm excited about it. Thankful people, would y'all agree with this or not? Thankful people are much more prone to be healthy, active, optimistic, and overall, pretty fun and cool to be around. That's what I'm finding. The converse is true. Someone who's pessimistic, sad continually, always complaining. That person is not very thankful and they're not a whole lot of fun to be around. So don't be toxic. Don't be unthankful. Don't be ungrateful, unappreciative. Say, God, I just choose to be thankful. So let me help you with this. Number two. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Now, that's 518. When it says, do not be drunk with wine or in excess or dissipated, inebriated, don't do that, but do this. Ask the Holy Spirit of God to fill you. You know, when somebody's inebriated or when they're drunk, they look like it, <laughs> they sound like it, they walk like it. It's rather conspicuous and I love how Paul compares the two. No, don't do that. And, and you lose your bodily functions and you lose your mind. Don't, don't do that. But be so controlled by the Holy Spirit that you look like it. You sound like it. You talk like it. You act like it. Your bodily actions are representative. Somebody who's being filled with the Holy Spirit. Every day, here's what I'm doing. Every day. Some of y'all are like, dude, it must take you a lot of time. It takes about an hour and an hour and a half every day in my prayer time. He said, dude, you're slow. You just need to say a quick prayer. Hey, here I am, Lord. Bless my day today, woohoo! in Jesus' name. Here we go. I don't do that anymore. I used to do that until I was about 20 years old. I'd known the Lord for about a year and I had about a five-minute quiet time and I had the spiritual substance that looked like about a five-minute quiet time. And so now it takes me about an hour. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, it takes me about an hour and a half because a bunch of you people are on my list. I can't get you off my list. And I'm just praying over you, all right? Praying that God helps you. And, and whenever he does, I put a thank you, Jesus, and I put the date. Some of y'all look at me like, our pastor lost his mind. I bless his heart. Where is he? Get him back here. Where no, 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 look. That's, and I don't know if I, if I have any anointing, any passion or any power in my preaching, in my witness and in my life, it's because of prayer. That's all I got. No man preaches any better than he prays. Charles Hans Spurgeon, walking up to the pulpit every Sunday at the Metropolitan Tabernacle, only 6,000 people would come and hear him. And by the way, after that 6,000 left, another 6,000 were waiting in the streets of London to get in. As he walks up to the pulpit every Sunday, he would say these words, I believe, Jeff, you're gonna like this. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Here's the four things I do every day. So, Brother Danny, you've moved out of Baptist and you've gone to Pentecostal and Charismatic. Just call me a Bapticostal. I don't care. This is good 
and biblical. Number one, repent. Say, God, I'm an ungrateful fool sometimes. Please forgive me. I, I, I just repent of my sins, God. I realize that I need the spirit of the living God to fill me because I quench you, oh God, and I grieve you and I know I break your heart. Please, oh God, forgive me of my sins and I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill me right now and I receive the filling of the Holy Spirit every day, every single day of my life from 25 years ago. That's what I do. Spirit of the living, mm, of the living God, fall fresh on me, right? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Every day, I'm asking him, Spirit of the living God, fill me. I didn't plan on saying all this, but I asked the God the, for the, fruit of the Holy Spirit to permeate me. Love, joy, mm, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then I asked the Holy Spirit, help me use the gifts that you've given me. I don't think I've ever shared this publicly. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. Let's just get it on out there. Some of you might judge me for what I'm about to say, but here it comes. God, thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you for the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Lord, made the gifts of the Spirit operative in my life. And may I teach and preach and serve and lead and prophesy and be the evangelist you've called me to be. Those are his gifts in my life. That's the gifts that he's given me. And I know he's given you gifts. So ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Number two, let Thanksgiving be frequent. Not infrequent, but let it happen the people of God should be in constant state of being thankful to God, right? That's what verse 20 says. Again, I, I go back when he says, and for all things and, and at all times and all the time and, and repeating himself and be thankful to God. And one writer, as he comments on this amazing text of Ephesians 5.20, I don't know about y'all, Ephesians 5.20 messes me up. I'm just being honest because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not there. Do y'all ever read a passage of scripture and and you're, just, you're like, I'm not there. My default when something goes wrong is, <clears throat> I want to criticize, I want to complain, and I want to be offended. But God says, as my child filled with the Holy Spirit, when it happens, don't honk at the person cutting in front of you. Just thank God you got a car to drive in. Does that speak to anybody? Boy, it speaks to me. I mean, somebody pulls in front of me. I'm just ready to say, you nitwit, get, get out of my way. And God's like, boy, that's really being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I know, I know, it's rough. It's rough being me sometimes. <laughs> and this is what P.T. O'Brien says. This is from his letter to the Ephesians, a great commentary when he writes, God's people, both corporately and individually, are to have a thankful attitude of mind and heart which comes to expression, watch this, regularly in thanksgiving and praise. Gratitude to God, which permeates their whole being, will be obvious as they express their praise of Him. Here's the key word, the operative word, constantly. Constantly. Bad things are going to happen. Welcome to the human race. Not even the Son of God was exempt 
from horrible, tragic things happening. Dying on the cross, he could have called all the legions of angels and evaporated them, annihilated them. But what did he do? He basically said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And that's an attitude of gratitude. That's a heart of praise. That's the right perspective. So number two, let your thanksgiving be frequent. Number three, thank God. Here it comes during the good times and the bad times. I was talking to my wife the other day. We were just driving down the road. I said, Ashley, hey, dear, I love you. Appreciate you. She's such an amazing mama and grandmama. I mean, Claire wakes up at four o'clock in the morning and she stands up and she's like, where am I? And you know who she shouts and cries out for? It ain't Pops. It's Nene. Nene, where are you? And here comes Mama. You know, whoo, takes off those covers and here she comes. I just love you, wife. You're, you're amazing. Did I get that right? Did I say everything like you wanted me to? I'm just kidding. But I was sharing with her. I said, Ashley, I can thank the Lord with the best of them. Let the good times roll. I can, man, when the good times are rolling, man, it's a horse of a different color to be able to praise God and thank God when things are awful, when things are hard. I'm just curious. Can I take a poll from you right now? Which do you think praises God more? When you're happy and you know it, clapping your hands, uh uh-huh, this is awesome, or when you're sad and you know it and you clap your hands. I'm just curious, what pleases the Father more? To praise Him when all is well or to praise Him when all is not well? The writer of Hebrews puts it this way, therefore by Him, by Jesus, let us all, let us offer continually the sacrifice of praise. Do y'all catch that? It's a sacrifice of praise because you don't feel like it. And I commend you. Some of you did not really particularly feel like coming to church today or maybe even feel like getting out of your bed and turning on the computer today, but you did. And I'm grateful to God for you. Thank you for putting yourself in a position to receive the blessings and the favor of God. But it's a sacrifice because it costs you something. Hey, let me me help you with this. When it happens... You don't feel like it? Just tell God you don't feel like it. God, I don't feel like it. Mm, I'm mad, I'm hurt, I'm angry. But I praise you, God, because you're worthy. I know this is not going to last. I know you're in control. The sacrifice of praise to God, that is, I love when the Bible just gets so, so specific. The fruit of our lips, giving, somebody help me. Thanks. Giving thanks to God. That's the sacrifice of praise. Here's, here's a thought I have for you. Just because you are having a hard time and you do not understand what God is up to does not mean that God is unfair or that he is no longer loving or compassionate. It just means we live in a fallen world, that it's going to stay fallen and difficult until Jesus comes. And that's just, a, that's just a fact of life. So much for the power of positive thinking, you know. It, that's just a fact of life. It's, this is a fallen world. And we're gonna have some good times and bad times. He, he causes the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. But let's you and me thank God. Thank him for the good as well as the bad. Speaking of bad, 
My poor Auburn Tigers, what in the world? You know, I went to the Dallas Cowboys game the other day and my wife, she woke up, she goes, all the kids are gone, it's just you and me. I'm tired of looking at you, let's go do something. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? She goes, let's go to the Dallas Cowboys game. I said, the Dallas Cowboys? She goes, yes, let's go. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea until we got there. And they got pummeled. I mean, they got beat up badly. Cowboys, you're terrible. And then my Auburn Tigers, Fred, your Alabama Tide just rolled right over us. And I'm like, this is awful. All the teams, are, look, get me to pull for your team. Get me to pull for the opposite team, then your team will win. Well, anyhow, I was reading the other day that Auburn, they're looking for some talent. And so what they've done is they have found this six foot four tight end, all American from the University of Oklahoma. And they got him. Steel is such a harsh word. Anyhow, they, they, they got this guy, all right? He, he's six foot four. He's about 20, 21 years of age. And I watched him play for the University of Oklahoma and he was amazing. Grant Calcaterra. But he has this issue with concussions. He keeps getting concussed. And he finally said, I'm just going to take the whole year off. He did. And for some reason, I don't know how he ended up at Auburn, but Auburn has signed him. He's a former all big 12. Some of you keep up with sports. You know, that's a big, that's a big deal. Tied in all big 12 selection, first team. There it comes, first team. Here's what this 21 year old said. I was blown away. He tweeted out a year ago, I would never have pictured my life the way it is now. Thinking now, think about 20 years of age. You may never play football again, get these massive concussions. But then he goes on to say, but I don't believe in bad situations, just opportunities to grow. Come on. I don't believe in bad situations. I just believe these are opportunities for me to grow. I'm more than grateful for this past year, but even more, I'm excited for my future. End of quote. And I wrote in my notes, what an attitude of gratitude. I wish I could be more like that. Lord, thank you. I praise you. This stinks. This is awful. But God, you're still in control. And here's my last one. Well, I got two more. Stay focused on God at all times. That's Ephesians 5.20. That's Colossians 3.17. Can I show it to you? Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do. Oh, let me share something with y'all. When, the, when the, the Greek word there for whatever, I'm going to help y'all with this. It's really complicated. Let me remember my studies here. It means whatever. Is that good? Not complicated, is it? If whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving, help me church, what? Thanks. Thank you, God, the Father through him. And so I called number four, just stay focused on God at all times. I know that's the key. Lord, help me do it. I don't always do it. Please help me. And number five, and finally, remember things are going to get better. Look, some of you are doing great and I'm, I'm happy for you. I really am. And I, and I rejoice with you. This pandemic has not impacted you too bad at all. You haven't gotten COVID-19. Your finances have actually increased instead of decreased. And you're wondering going, what in the world is going on? Everybody's so sad. And you're very, very protected and blessed. I want to come alongside of you and say, praise the Lord with you. Number two, some of y'all can't relate to any of that. You've lost your job. You may have lost your health. You strained your marriage. Your kids are mad at you because you're just mean. And you're just like struggling. Your marriage is in a, in a shambles. And you're like, man, this is so hard. Others of you, number three, and you're like, hmm, 
I'm all right, well, whatever. You know, I'm, 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 not, I'm not all up there, Brother Danny. I'm not, I'm not all down there. I'm just kind of chilling out. All right, so you're in one of those three, right? In every situation, give thanks. If you're a follower of Christ, guess what? It's going to get better. Here's how I know this. Romans 8, 28 is still in the Bible. And God causes all things to work together for good. To them who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. You know, I'm praying for a 16-year-old named Katie right now. I've been praying for her. They attended a church I pastored in Virginia, and she has brain cancer, terminal brain cancer. She loves the Lord, and if God does not touch her body and supernaturally heal her, she will go to heaven. And that's why I can say, remember, as a child of God, everything turns out good. It does. Because if you're not healed, if you're not healed here, praise God, we'll be healed. We'll be healed there. The clouds in the sky, they're going to be dispelled. Sunny, bright days will ensue. God is in control. He loves you. He's not against you. He is for you. Praise his name. Sacrifice of praise. Come, come help us Tuesday night. I'm, I'm excited. We're just gonna, we're gonna have a time of just praising the Lord, thanking God for his great name and for his fame. The name of the Lord is a strong, somebody help me, tower. The righteous run into it. And we are what? And we are cursed and beat down to nothing. No, we are safe. We are blessed. The righteous run to the name of God. And God lifts us up and he blesses us. And, and look, God may change the situation immediately or God may delay the change or ultimately God may just take us home and it all works out. I, I'm telling you, that's living a life of optimism and gratefulness and thankfulness and appreciation. And a Great Hills Baptist Church, I, I'm just telling you, God's helping me. I'm not there. I want to be there. I want to, my default position, not be negative. Can, can, is anybody in here relate to this? All I can see is a bunch of halos overheads right now. So all of you must just be angels. Why are y'all here? If you're all angels, why are we here? Can anybody relate to that stinks and you get, you get upset, you get mad and, you, and it's okay to get upset, but you stay mad, sad, mad, bad but I got a good one. Y'all ready for this next one? And in Jesus' name, it turns to glad. Glad. So let's do it. All right. That's my Thanksgiving sermon to you, and it's 12 o'clock. Hallelujah. We have done, we've, we've, we've done it, Lord. Thank you. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to sing song of praise, and then we're going to have invitation. And what we're going to do is we're going to invite you if you need prayer, need somebody to encourage you. You can go to the great hall and we're going to pray with you and encourage you there. Or, um, I don't know, you just right there where you are. You just pray and just let somebody minister to you. So let's pray to the Lord right now as we get ready to sing. And this is one of the things we're going to do Tuesday night as well. We're going to have a time of one-on-one -on -one praying over each other and encouraging one another. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, it's so amazing. And yet it is so challenging in every circumstance. In all things at all times, give God praise. Woo! Lord, I need you to do that. I, I need the Holy Spirit of God to fill me in order for me to be able to do that. So help me, oh God. Help us as a church. 
We are grateful, God. We're very, very thankful for a great harvest offering. Lord, we're thankful, God, for technology that we're able to reach far more people online than we, we ever imagined that we could reach here in the house. And so we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that this COVID-19 has not impacted our church much. I know it's some, and I thank you, God, for that. All these blessings, God, we're grateful and we're grateful. And so I'm just gonna pray for you, friend, right now, whoever you are and, and in your state of mind, can I pray for you? Lord, lift her up. Speak to her heart, oh God. Cause that coldness and that callous to be melted by the love of God, the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, would you do that for her, Lord, who she is right now at this time? Disappointed, she is. Heartbroken and offended, she is. But by the power of the Spirit of God, she was. <laughs> And now she is who you want her to be, walking in the Spirit, filled with the love of God, filled with forgiveness. Do it, oh God. Do it for your name and for your fame and for your glory. And so that we will just stand up and give you praise and praise and praise for answered prayer. Lord, for fear, I pray for the man that's fearful today. God, you've not given him a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So I'm praying and this this prophetic gift over him because you know who he is, God. And I'm praying that fear would be obliterated. And here it comes. The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Okay, receive that. Say no to fear, say yes to Jesus and receive the spirit of God, his filling, his anointing, his power. Lord, we love you today and we're very, very, very grateful. And we're just praying now for those that are listening online, for those here in the sanctuary, hearts, Lord, that are hard and, and cold and indifferent, praying, soften them, Spirit of God. Bring them out of death into life. Bring, bring them to repentance, O oh God, in faith so that they can become daughters of the King, sons of the King, brothers and sisters in the family of God. We're praying, God, that you would do that. Only you can do that. Pray for our church, God, for salvation. I'm praying for baptisms and I'm praying for discipleship. Yes, Lord, I'm praying for the Great Commission. That, Lord, we would make disciples who make disciples until Jesus comes again. Lord, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm gonna invite you to stand. We'll sing a song together. Focus on the words with me. Worship the Lord. Go ahead, you can stand with me and let's sing praise to the Lord. Jeff and Lord, y'all come and y'all lead us even now. <laughs> 